Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Tuesday night Lake Show, Henry Lake and Christopher Tubbs. For the entire three hours here on News Talk 830 WCCO, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoy the program tonight. And like always, we got a lot of things that we want to dive into, a lot of things to discuss. Two guests that we'll get to here in a little bit. But tonight, I wanted to get to a story that's even more timely today because of the sports landscape in high school basketball tonight. And it's a story that I think a lot of you have maybe heard about or maybe even read about in the the Star Tribune or St. Paul Pioneer Press. But it's about what has been taking place at Eden Prairie High School for the last month and a half. Eden Prairie head coach David Flom, um, according to the Star Tribune, found himself in familiar territory Monday night, hearing players' sneakers squeaking on the basketball court during practice. And the reason why they start the story that way is because for the last month and a half, that was not the case. Coach Flom was not out there with his players. He was not on the sideline. But now he's back. He's been reinstated as boys basketball coach by the Eden Prairie School District. Because he was suspended on December the 8th over a racial slur that he read to players from a social media post. Okay, um, I'm going to be checking in with a few people throughout the evening because uh, I know that a few people are going to be attending. I think the Eden Prairie tonight, they play Wyzetta. I think that that's who their opponent is tonight. I'll double check that here in a minute. But... The story came up, and initially a lot of people looked at it and were talking about it, right? Uh, And I think that any time that you have a coach that is either suspended or there's some some sort of controversy um, in high school athletics, people are going to talk about it. There's going to be a buzz surrounding it. And clearly here, uh, when you're talking about a racial slur, people are going to talk even more. Now, um, uh, uh, I guess according to the way that the story um, had played out, that Coach Flom, what he was trying to do was impact his players in a positive way, in a teaching session type way, let his players know the perils of social media, the do's, the don'ts. This is not what I want you guys to be talking about or tweeting about or putting out there. It's, it's, this is not acceptable. This will get you in trouble. Okay. And I don't knock any coach 
for doing that, okay? Because that's part of what being a coach is. A coach is about being a leader. A coach is about being a father figure. A coach just isn't about the X's and O's. At least the good ones or the great ones, right? We know what they mean to their players. So from that perspective, I think that so many people will look at this and they'll say, okay, I understand maybe the why of of trying to get his players to understand that there are certain things that I do not want you guys involved in. But the way you go about that impacts whether the exercise was a good one or bad one. And I think that Coach Flom would probably, if he could do it all over again, would not have went down the road that he went. So now, according to what had happened and what had played out, um, because there was an email that was sent to players, parents, and alumni that indicated that he read the racial slur aloud during a classroom session with players and assistant coaches. And the focus was, like I just mentioned, the responsible use of social media. Um, I have seen, I don't know Coach Flom at all, okay? I know plenty of coaches throughout not just the Twin Cities but throughout the state. And I have not talked to anybody individually about the specifics of who he is as a person, how he is as a coach, any of that. I've seen comments from my friends via social media, and I've communicated via text with people, but I haven't actually talked to anybody on the phone about it. And i got to be honest with you, the majority of them, not one person said anything negative about him. Let me, let, me, let me state that for the record. Not one. Not one person. And if a person didn't know him, they said, well, I, 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 I don't really know him at all. But I think that that's a great thing, that no one has said this guy's an awful guy. Because you hear about bad coaches. You hear about people that, that are leading kids, and they're not people that should be in that position. Not heard one thing that way about coach. I've actually heard from several people that say, man, he's a good dude, which is also good to hear. That's always encouraging because we should all aspire to be good people. So when I look at this situation and see that Coach Flom had this happen, I view it as a really big mistake on his part, but not something that he should have been fired from his job for. Or have to step down or be fired as the coach at Eden Prairie for. I think it's absolutely a teachable moment for him and for all coaches. But I think that the right thing was done here. There was the suspension that took place. And I think the suspension was more about, hold on, we need to flesh this out and we need to see what's, what's, what's happened here. And we need to take a deep breath than to be about trying to embarrass him. Because I don't, I don't think that, um, and I know people within the, you know, with, within Eden Prairie that I, I don't think it's about trying to embarrass or make the coach look bad. But 
I think the biggest point that I want to make, and we can take phone calls on this too, at 651-461-9226. And yes, Eden Prairie is hosting Wyzetta tonight. They tip off at 7. I think that the way that this has played out is the way that it should have played out. I don't think that he should have been um, fired from being the head basketball coach there. And I, I didn't even think to reach out to Trevor Bakway, and I think that Trevor Bakway is a part of his staff. Trevor Bakway, actually, when they won a game like a week or so ago, he was leading the, the team without their head coach there. But I do think that in 2023, it's hard for me to look at a situation like this and wrap my head around why any adult would think that using racial slurs, whether you think that you're using it as a, as, as a seminar or teaching the perils of, of social media, that's a no-fly zone. That should never happen. No if ands, and buts about it. There's no excuse for this at all. And I think that that was out of all the things that I've seen with this story – I think that's the thing that has me scratching my head the entire time is how he thought that this was even an acceptable part of a lesson. I don't understand it. I don't get, I don't get that. We in society know there's certain things that you don't do and there's certain things that you don't say. And using certain words are absolute no-nos, and you do not use them at all. Now, in this article with the strip from Tia Gaynor, Associate Professor of Leadership and Management at the University of Minnesota's Hubert H. Humphrey School of Public Affairs, she says, quote, there are different views on the use of racial slurs in learning environments. Some may believe that no matter the situation and no matter the person, there is never a place to say a racial slur in a learning environment. She says, quote, I don't know if I'm all the way there. However, it is if it is to be done in the classroom or other learning environments, there are many things to consider before doing so. Why did the coach feel uncomfortable enough to say the racial slur and perhaps more important? What did it bring to the lesson to include the use of the slur? I'd love for any reaction. I'd love for anybody to call in. I'd love to hear a perspective on this because it's not just about my perspective. I'd love to get your perspective as well. 651-461-9226. Your reaction. I'll take it next year on The Lake Show. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show. News Talk 830-WCCO. Eden Prairie hosting... Wyzetta tonight at 7 o'clock. And I was talking about the uh, the news. You probably saw it in the Minneapolis Star Tribune. David Flom uh, was suspended earlier, what, a month and a half ago, for utilizing a racial slur in talking to um, his team about the perils of social media and what not to do. But in that, um, utilizing a racial slur was suspended. He is now back on the sidelines And I think that a lot of people are glad that this ordeal is over for him and for his team and the folks at Eden Prairie because some of the people that I have uh, seen 
make comments and people that I know personally um, say that he is a, that he is a good guy and a good coach, and, and that's nice to hear. But I want to get your reaction to it at 651-461-9226. Let's go to Greg in New Hope. What's up, Greg? Hey, thanks for taking the call. No problem. Um, yeah, this is, this is interesting on a lot of levels. I'm a social studies teacher, and I used to be a coach, and um, I know Dave as well and know him to be a really good person. Um, that being said, I wasn't there, and um, my point is kind of um, what does context ever matter anymore for anything? And I'm not even saying in this case it should or shouldn't because I wasn't there. I wasn't in the room. I don't know exactly how it was used. Um, I'll give you an example, the movie Glory. Um, have you seen that? No, I have not. Okay, I mean Denzel Washington, Morgan Freeman. It's about oh, the Civil oh, War. Oh, 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 oh! You, you said, you said, you said, you said the movie Glory. Okay, yeah, I, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah you, I, I assumed you had seen it. <laughs> no, I thought you had said something else. I, I thought, I thought you said the musical. Oh, okay. Um, and that movie now has been banned in some schools and. You know, it is, you know, tough when you hear the words, like, but the context is, okay, this is the way people were back then. I mean, mm-hmm. Huck's in a, a book against racism, you know, um, making white people look foolish for being racist, but they use the N-word, you know? Yep. And it's been banned in many schools. So, you know, does context matter? That's kind of my question to you and my comment, I guess, at the same time. Um you talking about the you talking about the you talking about the context of a cinematic viewing. Well, I'm just saying, can can the word ever be used? Like, um, when some of the students in my class yeah. heard me say the word Negro because I was talking about Martin Luther King Jr. Yes. and his speech, yep. they couldn't believe it. They're like. They gasped, like, what are you yeah. saying? Yeah, I think that those kids are probably just, they were they were getting, they were into that silly mode and not really understanding, like, the context of, like, African-American history and Negro and and then just that term in itself. Yeah, I get it. Because exactly. I've been there before in education. Yep, yep. Yeah. But, so, I mean, Dave, using the word in there, I'm sure, you know, and looking back, he regrets it, and I don't think he meant any malice. He's probably, I guess the purpose, if I was trying to, speculate it would be to show how powerful words are and if someone else posted this how bad that sounds yeah and you shouldn't be posting things like this that's what i would guess but i wasn't there so yeah and, and, I, and that's and that's i think that's how it was actually portrayed and that's the way that it was used greg and that's why i say like like i i haven't heard any like negative and it's good that you that you know him and, and i've heard you know good things about him I guess I, I guess I would go a step further, though, Greg, in, in terms of this. There's a way to do that seminar or that teaching session or talking about the perils of social media and utilizing certain words that are no-goes and you shouldn't use without actually saying the word. Yeah, and I, I tend to agree. I don't want to judge him because yeah, like for I said, sure. I wasn't there. Yeah, for um, sure. But for sure. Yeah, hey, thanks. thanks yeah, yeah, thanks for the phone call from Greg and New Hope. 651-461-9226. Let's take a phone call from Don in Plymouth. What's up, Don? Hey, Henry. First of all, thank you for your thought-provoking and continuous conversations regarding anything. Um, you, you do a great job. Thank you. I appreciate um, it. With regard to that, yeah, he shouldn't have spoke it. He should have yeah. maybe redacted it. That maybe could have been that could have been the 
the problem-solving piece to it. Because there is a line with it. My question is... Pardon me? No, no, because I said there is a line with anything. So, yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So my, my question to the producer was, you know, if and listen, racial slurs are absolutely, unequivocally unacceptable. Why are they accepted in music? Mm-hmm. You know, it, if you can, it shouldn't be allowed in music. It shouldn't be allowed in in films. You know, other than maybe what the context does. The previous caller mentioned, like yep. Negro or African American. You know, that type of thing. Or, but or, it, or in a cinematic in, in a cinematic sense, I think that everybody would view it as different. Like, like if, if you're going to a movie, right? And and let's say that it's a movie um, about. I haven't seen the movie yet, but like it's, it's about Emmett Till and him getting getting killed or whatever. Like you understand that 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 there were things that happened before we were all were, were yep. here, and that you know what I'm saying. So I could I could that that's something that you just understand. And, Quite frankly, you you understand yep. that when you go to movies and and you know, operas and, and you know certain and, plays and stuff like that. And yeah, I, and I agree there. Yeah, and I agree there. I, I think he could have handled it by redacting it, and yeah. that could be the problem. Solving. I agree. Yep. Yep. But anyway, keep up the thought provoking conversations. Yep. Thank I, you. Thanks. Thanks for the phone call from Don in Plymouth. I guess, and that's a to me about the who can use it, where and why, and all of that. I actually think. <clears throat> That that's an, an unanswerable question, to be honest with you. And, and this is the reason why I say that. This has been going on long before I was here, long before Chris Tubbs was here, long before Greg and New Hope was here, long before Don in Plymouth was here, before we were all on this earth. One thing that we know is that when one person of a background or a group or whatever tries to make a slur a term of endearment, look, Young African-American men many years ago started using it um, in just pop culture, urban culture, inner city as a, as a, as a term of endearment. It's gotten into hip-hop music. It's, it's used 24-7. I'm not saying that it's okay. It is what it is, and I understand it. Not rubber stamping it. I'm not okaying it. You don't hear me uh, in schools saying that about kids that look like me or think like me. You don't see me talking like that to young people or people even my age. But it's a difference between that term of endearment that people have latched onto and others that use the term to denigrate people. Those are not the same. Intent matters. So so that that in itself it, 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 it does, but it's even deeper than that because this is how we can best simplify the entire situation. Okay. Did Coach Flom think that it was a negative to use that word? Not was in the it, context that he used it, no. No, 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 no. Did he? No, no, no. Did he think that the word in itself – in itself, oh yes, was a yeah. negative word that he did not want his players to ever use in social media and stuff like that, right? Absolutely, yeah. That that he knew that, right? Yes. So if you know that, if you know that, if that is if that if that is the if the purpose of you talking is to say don't use don't use these set, then you know not to use it. Yeah. Is my point. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's kind of a. It's kind of a. To me, it's just a simple concept. Yeah. Like, like if 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 I am not going to say things that are homophobic, or you know, what I'm 
Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I understand I what you're saying. To, yeah. Then I know not to say it. I don't need to say the F word on radio right now to, tell to people drive not home to say, my point. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's all I'm saying. Yeah, you don't have to say those words, even if they're out there in this post. You can get your point across. To say, don't say these words. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand. And, and I think the why was good. The how was bad. You know, the, and to me, it's like, I the, under the why. The why was good. The execution. The was execution poor. was poor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I you agree know. with that. I agree with that. And that's the reason why. Um, I, to me, I, I think it's it's good. It's cool that you hear people are like, man, you know what? <laughs> that was dumb. What happened? Yeah. But he's actually a good person. Well, and here's the thing. And too, even Greg like, from New Hope called in this. Yeah, and I'm glad that we got those couple of calls, and especially you know Greg from New Hope. You know that you know said that that he knew him personally. I I don't know him, but you know you hear about yeah. some of the people that that he's connected with that say he's not like that. I don't think you can take every incident and paint it with a broad brush because then I think you're doing a disservice to those people. Yes. that get unfairly painted or backed into a corner. Don't put Coach Flom in the in the same box with everybody else. Yeah, That'd absolutely. Be everything is everything. I feel you have to take as a case by case basis. And to step away, suspend him while you vet everything, you investigate it, and then you come back and you're like, you know what? Everything's on the up and up. I think that's – I mean, it's it's a learning process, but I think it's also an education to everybody as to how to handle everything in a classy and mature manner. I, I, I applaud Eden Prairie because I think that they handled this the right way. I really do. D- did he miss some basketball games? Yes, but he was going to. Like I mean, seriously, yeah. if somebody that's a part of of that uh, that session, that that talk, that speech, where you talk, and they are upset or they mention that outside of those walls, yeah, it's going to come up. And you know what? Somebody's going to either miss some games or they're going to get fired. Or I think that this worked out the best way that it could possibly work out. Absolutely, one hundred percent agree. All right, coming up next, we'll get to. Uh, Taking a glance at the local weather, and then to me, there's a line between frustration and being a distraction that can clearly impede your progress. I'll explain. We do that next year on the Lake Show. All right, welcome back to the Lake Show News Talk A three O W C C O. It seems as though right now we have a situation where Stephon Diggs, former Minnesota Viking wideout, currently who is a wideout with the Buffalo Bills, is, well, he's having a moment. He had a moment in Minnesota and then ended up requesting a trade out of here that benefited us because we were smart enough to see Justin Jefferson and grab him with the first-round pick that we got in return for Stephon Diggs. But Stephon Diggs on Sunday, and clearly it's been a very emotional last month of the uh, of the season for the Buffalo Bills with the DeMar Hamlin situation and him pulling through and the way that everybody around the country, probably around the world, felt about that. And it felt like the Buffalo Bills were the team that everybody was kind of rooting for from a sentimental standpoint. And I get that. I totally get that. But it wasn't meant to be. The Cincinnati Bengals are just flat out a better team than the Buffalo Bills. They are. They're a better team. Well, Stephon Diggs, on Sunday, he vented his frustration a little bit. 
not just not just post game, but like during the game. He's on the sideline. He's got his arms out. He's he's venting. He's frustrated. He's saying something towards star quarterback Josh Allen. We'll never know what was said unless one of them reveals what was said. Uh, but you could tell that he was frustrated and he wanted the damn football. Okay. Well, on Monday night, he shared some thoughts on Twitter. He said, want me to be okay with our level of play when it's not up to the standard? Nah. That was the first tweet that he put out there. Then he continued. Um, and in another tweet, he said, it's easy to criticize my reaction more than the result. So in this particular situation, Stephon Diggs, and he has every right to be frustrated. He's trying to win a damn Super Bowl. I get that. Okay. He's an emotional player. In this particular situation, though, he's trying to justify an outburst on the sidelines. And I would say this to Stephon Diggs. I understand your frustration. You want to win. You play the game to win. You want, as a competitor, what's best for you, your teammates, the coaching staff. You want to get a championship. But what I would say to him is, I understand all of that, but there's a line between being frustrated and being a damn distraction that's impeding the progress of your team. And I don't think that anything that he said on that sideline would put the Buffalo Bills in a better situation than what they were in on Sunday. I don't think that there's, I guess the best way to put it to the listening audience and to Stephon Diggs is there's no upside to what you did. You you yelling at Josh Allen. Josh Allen's the quarterback. You think Josh mm-hmm. Allen doesn't? Want to get you the damn football? You think that Josh Allen is trying to stick up the joint? You think that Josh Allen doesn't want it as much as you want it? I don't buy that. I'm not. So whenever you have players that have outbursts like that, I think that they should always be measured. They should always be very much um, Calculate it if you can. I know some of this is pure raw emotion. I get that. And, and that's probably what it was. But, bro, what, I mean, what was, what good was coming from that? To me, I think that it's just much do about nothing. Like, we see this all the time in the NFL. We've seen it for years where wide receivers will blow up a quarterback. You know, I mean, it's just now we've got more cameras. Now we've got social media. And I feel like everybody's always going to justify this. And... Stefan Diggs, you know, he's trying to justify it. He's trying to justify it. I don't think he has to justify anything. He had he four came, ca- it, it came across like he was a bad teammate, though. It, it did. Yeah. I, I think that combined with what we hear about him storming out of the locker room mm-hmm. before. And again, those are all just reports. I mean, we're not there. So, I mean, we're just going off of well, what we but, see from but, Buffalo. But one, of, but one of the reports is from his, his, his teammate, Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson, who had yeah. to stop him and bring him back him. in. So, so that's, I mean, I don't think Duke, jo- Duke Johnson's uh, lying about that. No, no. <laughs> but I think, you know, sometimes it's the telephone game. When it comes out to us, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a red cow. And to us, it's like a purple dinosaur. Like, two different things, I guess. But he had 10 targets. Like, Josh Allen was looking for him. For sure. He had four catches. And 
we know that football, yeah, it, it, it's a very emotional game. Guys get fired up. Quarterbacks yell at wide receivers. Wide receivers yell at quarterbacks. Quarterbacks yell at running backs. Running backs yell at, you know, it's it's for that, and the stakes were as high. And I think, I don't think we can underestimate just exactly the toll that the last month has taken on the Buffalo Bills. No question. Like, I, I think that we were all... They didn't just want to win it for themselves. They want to win it for DeMar. Yeah, and, and, I, think, and I think, too, you know, my friend Aton Shander, who works out in Philadelphia, you know, I was talking with him, and it's like, I think maybe we overestimated the whole emotional wanting to win it for DeMar and the fact that they're just so emotionally spent that... Just feel like they were running on empty for the last three, four weeks, and eventually they were going to run out of gas. You know, I mean, that emotion can work for you, but it can also work against you. Yeah, you know, I just don't feel like. I mean, on Sunday they just didn't look like they were ready. Well, I just think that they they were not ready. And Cincinnati's for, the Cincinnati, better team. Cincinnati just 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 attacked him from jump. Yeah, absolutely. And didn't let him. Yeah, but but this is where I'm going to disagree with you though. I don't think. That anytime something like this happens, that it's a nothing burger. I don't. With like, Stephon like, Diggs. Like, well, no, I'm just saying, just in general. In, 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 you're right. This has been going on forever. It doesn't mean some of them, it, it, it's not a big deal. Like, some of them, it's nothing. Not mm-hmm. all of them are nothing burgers. Some of them, it does matter. Like, for instance, Stephon Diggs. Let's, let's stick with just him. For him, what, it was a nothing burger with Kirk Cousins? And then all of a sudden, at the end of the year, he wanted out? Come on, man. There was more to it than that. I, and I caught it out when it happened. Yeah, I, I don't feel, though, that based on the relationship that no, you not, see I'm, from Josh I'm Allen and Stephon I'm not saying that this Dix. is where this is going. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. All I'm saying is that is that we can't sit here when things like this happen and say, oh, this is a nothing burger. This happens all the time in the NFL. No, let's take it on a case-to-case, just like we said with the last topic right. about Coach at Eden Prairie. It's a case-by-case deal. Okay, and, and I guess if we're going to look at it, I feel like Stephon Diggs kind of gets branded as the bad guy, especially in these parts, for what happened, right? When he was sick and he had you know, all of these issues. But I don't feel like the issues were with Kirk Cousins himself. To me, it seemed like it was more about the offensive philosophy, like wanting to run the football. Stephon Diggs, I felt like it was more with Zimmer and Spielman more so than the quarterback. Because how, how much time did Stephon Diggs really have with Kirk Cousins, and and again, is that money? Is it philosophy? I mean, well, yeah, multiple years. But I I think that it's I think more than anything to me, it wasn't about. Any, I think it was about his immaturity. About Diggs' immaturity. Yes. Okay. I don't think yeah. this. I don't think that Stephon Diggs is the most mature football player in the world, and I'm not expecting him. But I don't view him as a villain. Mm-hmm. I don't view him as a no, villain. No, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't either. And yeah. I I feel like he's getting unjustly painted as the villain in this situation. Uh, I, we can't we can't act as though he didn't do anything wrong. Well, he 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 didn't, but <laughs> at at the same time, let's look at what he did in Buffalo. I mean, a couple of years ago, you lose that AFC Championship game. I mean, the Chiefs are out there celebrating, and what do you see? You see this picture of Stephon Diggs just sitting there. Yeah, I get that. And it's that. like you know, wanting to you know, I feel like his heart is in the right place. We look at, I mean, he's an explosive, very emotional guy. He's a fiery yeah. guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, that just made him, you know, an icon here. Some, for, but sometimes you got to rein it sometimes in. Sometimes you do have to and rein it in. He's got to get to that. He's, he's got to rein it in. But at the end of the day, I, you know, he and Josh Allen will make nice, and I think it'll all be fine. 
I, I agree. Unless I agree. he goes to Green Bay next year and plays with Adam Thielen and Aaron Rodgers. Then we get a problem. All right, we'll take a quick break. Come back. We'll wrap up the hour next on The Late Show. I had no idea I was working with a Stefan Diggs apologist. My gosh. What's going on here? Hey, he has given me the one joyful moment I can remember as a Vikings fan. Leave Stefan alone. The one joyful moment? You only had one joyful moment as a as a Vikings fan in your life? That's the, the highlight of my life as a fan was the Minneapolis Miracle. Yeah, that was the highlight of my Vikings fandom. I'm sorry, like, man. I'm sorry. Like when, when I've had a lot of good highlights. What was I'm not, I'm not I'm not saying that we've been crushing it through all, all, over all these years. We've been but, crushed. Uh, yeah, we we've, we've been crushed. So so okay, so as a Vikings fan like so, what, so, so, what what so, so moment made you so happy? Wait, wait, so wait 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 wait. You're yeah. telling me. Uh-huh. You're telling me that Stefan Diggs mm-hmm. brought you more happiness than Randy Moss? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Check yourself. Check yourself. Yes, he did. Oh, gosh. Stefan Diggs in 2017, in that moment, brought me the most happiness I've ever experienced as a Vikings fan. Yes, I w- I've never been happier as a Vikings fan than I was the Minneapolis Miracle. I didn't say that to knock that specific moment down a peg. See, I'm, I'm talking, talking about the moment. The moment. Okay. Stefan Diggs is responsible for the best moment of my fandom. In my 47 years on this earth, I've never been more euphoric about a, a moment in time for the Minnesota Vikings than I was in that divisional playoff game. Okay. All right. 98, 98 was fun. 98 was the best year of my life in terms of, in terms of the Minnesota Vikings football. But it didn't. Can't did, nobody it, tell me nothing. To this day, that was the best team that never won an NFL championship. Absolutely. I, 556 points, 15 and 1. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It was a record setting team. But I guess when we're talking about how it ended, and I know it ended bad in 2017. Yeah, I'm about to say it ended bad yeah, there, there, too. there wasn't. I, I don't even. Hold on. We lost on a kick. In 98, and we got trounced in 2006. I know. 98, I was at that game. Gosh. It's the only time after a football game I cried. Like, I was numb in 17. Randy Moss gave a lot of really cool moments, but that moment in 17, that was it. All right, coming up next, you're talking about a cool moment. We're going to talk to a cool individual that's doing a great job of serving the North Side community in Minneapolis. Bishop Larry Cook, he joins us next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 